You are listening to We Woke Up Like This. I'm Reverend Joya. And I'm Reverend Celia. And we We are loyal to loving and supporting soul awakening in every human being. On this episode of We Woke Up Like This, Celia and I cover the first half of Lesson 5, The Keys to the Kingdom, by sharing the first four keys. Enjoy the show. Good morning, or good afternoon, (laughs) or good evening, wherever you are. This is Reverend Celia. And hello, everyone. This is Reverend Joya, and we're here with Lesson 5 of The Way of Mastery, The King's to the kingdom. Keys to the kingdom. I'm so excited about this chapter. How about you? I am. This is a really great chapter. And so I invite you right now to pause, go get your pen, get your notebook, or get your book if you have it, hopefully, and follow along with us um, as we embark on discovering. And if you haven't ordered the book and you don't have a journal and a pen, we invite you to come to us next week with those things. Yeah. We have the links below where you can order the book. And uh, utilizing this energy and this frequency of not only us transmitting as transmitters, but also the transmission that is this book. Yes. And it is such a living transmission. Um, Last week, we wrapped up on the following the thread of desire. So if you haven't listened to that, you are definitely going to want to go back and listen to that because that was really powerful. And then we're going to really... Step into now discovering what the keys to that kingdom are when we discover that I of myself do nothing but the Father through me. And what do I really, really, really want? Yes. Yeah. And the practice that's in that last chapter is so incredible. There is a meditation for you to listen to, to get into the um, awareness, and I would say frequency and tone of what desire is. Mm -hmm. And in the previous episode before that, so I'm going back to... You'd want to uh, make sure to also just check in and check out the conversation that Joya has about the nafsha mm-hmm. and really yeah. bringing forward the inner soul desire that wants to be lived through you and your embodiment. And I really just love being able to say that because I feel like it's happening for me. Yeah, it's <laughs> fun. Like we get to we get to express our gifts and our passions and yes. our talents and our abilities. And do it with others. And do it with others who appreciate yeah. each other's gifts and talents and passions yes. and abilities. That it's like you get to witness, you get to witness the universal presence flowing through another person and seeing how it expresses in such different ways than you do. In the divine love that it is. Yeah. And in yeah. deep appreciation yes. of what each other has to offer. So gorgeous. It really is. I, I feel love very it. blessed to be here. Oh my gosh. Me too. Me too. Lesson five, the keys to the kingdom. Now we begin. I love how every chapter starts. Now we begin. Now we begin. Beloved friends, greeting unto you. We come forth in this hour to continue that pathway, which builds the structure, the highway, if you will, by which you may learn to follow and therefore master the way of the heart. A way in life means to have chosen from all possibilities that one which will stand out as the way to which you are committed, the way to which you devote the whole of your attention by granting your willingness that the way be followed. 
And just as when you take a journey upon your earth by making the commitment to take the journey, you avail yourselves of experiences that could not come to you in any other way. That I Okay, so I want to dissect this a little bit because I love how this says, um, you have chosen from all possibilities the one that stands out as the way to which you are committed and devoted your attention and willingness that the way be followed. I'm like, that's a whole big um, instruction right there, really. Well, it's definitely a way to um, live your life, live my life. It's a way for me to live my life. Choose, commit, devote yourself, focus your attention and be willing. Yes, because whatever you put your attention on is what grows. That's exactly yes. right. And and we are the seed. Like, yes. There's no denying yes. that we're the seed, but we're also, also the soil in which that seed grows. So if there's any kind of um, funky ingredient in the soil, the seed can't become what the seed is meant to bloom That's into. Exactly. Beautiful. Mm. When you go to a university to pursue a pathway of a degree, although you begin with a certain idea of what the pathway may hold or bring you, is it not true that the relationships which come along the way, the knowledge that reveals itself to you, and even the end result of the accomplishing of the degree always seem to be different than and much richer than you ever imagined when you began your journey? Very true. Um, that is so true. <clears throat> I'm living that right now. Yeah. So fascinating. Therefore, understand well that the way of the heart requires the willingness to commit. And commitment is nothing more than a deliberate decision that something will be so. Oh, I love that. Yes. And so it is. And so it is. <laughs> and just as with all aspects of experience you've ever known, when all of your beingness is involved in the willingness to make a decision, there is literally nothing that can prevent you from the accomplishment of your goal. That's beautiful. Rest assured then that whatever you believe you have not succeeded or completed some decision fueled by desire, it's because you were simply not wholly committed or it means that you decided to change your mind. And when you change your mind, you literally change what you experience in the world or the solar system in which yourself spends. The way of the heart then does indeed require the decision of commitment. And rest assured, I say unto you, that when you wholly commit to discovering the way of the heart, you will discover a way of being in the world that is not here. You will discover a way of walking through life in which you experience being uplifted by something that seems to be forever beyond you, yet is within you as the core and the essence of your very beingness. Your way will not be understandable by the world. Your way will not even be comprehensible within yourself. You will be living from a mystery, moving from mystery to mystery to mystery, <laughs> uplifted and carried by something that brings forth a satisfaction and a fulfillment to the depths of your soul, far beyond anything you can now imagine. Yes. Is it worth it then to commit to the way of the heart? Yes. The way of the heart culminates with the recognition that you do not live life at all, but rather that life is living you. One of the characteristics is the development of the witness, a quality of consciousness, a way of being in which you seem to be witnessing everything that arises and flows through you and around you from a place of utter stillness. Mm. 
I love that. Mm -hmm. Stiltis does not mean inactivity. It does, it does mean non-attachment to activity, whether it is, whether it be arising and falling away from away. Stillness does not mean non-activity. It does mean non-attachment to activity, whether it be the arising and falling away of cancer in the body, the arising and falling away of relationship, or the rising and falling away of a solar system. You will discover that there is a place within you that can look upon all things with perfect equanimity, perfect acceptance, and perfect love. For in mastery of the way of the heart, you will discover that nothing is unacceptable to you, and <laughs> only what is acceptable can be transcended. Mm. Wow. I love that sentence. Only what's accepted can be transcended. Yes, because it's the first law of spirit yeah. in my in in my teaching and understandings of how I have it for me. And yesterday, or whenever it was that we were discussing acceptance, uh, I accept myself. I meet myself exactly where I am. Yeah, there's like such grace and mercy and compassion and empathy present in that statement. I just am so grateful for it. Yeah, and so in that relaxation or in the acceptance, that relax relaxation occurs where you feel the untangling. I was going to say it's literally the untwining yes. of all of that p patterned, familial, yeah. um, cultural. That's how it feels to me too. Yeah, and and then in that moment, the body responds to that resonance because we are literally deactivating mm. every single one of the nervous system functions and living from our vagus nervous system. Yeah. Which that's the magic right there. That is the magic right there. So fascinating. Totally. Then there arises a way of being in the world that is needed. That is indeed not that here for you will feel no restlessness, no need to direct your journey. No questions will arise. You will be at peace. And in that peace, the breath of God will move through you and you will become as the wind, knowing not where you came from or to where you are going, but you will abide in perfect trust and perfect rest. And the world may not know you, but your father will know you and you will know your God. In the way of the heart, the most primary and functional perception which seems to fuel ordinary human consciousness has been finally transcended. The perception of a separate maker or and doer has been dissolved. And once again, you will understand the depth and the profundity of the simple terms in this sentence of myself. I do nothing, but through me, the father does all things. I get it. Me too. I love the um, the maker. The concept of the maker and the doer has been dissolved because, and only recently have I like I understood this concept. But as I've contemplated it and understood it, I've started to live it and feel it and embody it. This feeling of being an expression of universal consciousness just flowing through me, in me, and that I'm not separate from it. I ho I wholly get you. No, I do. I know. Yes, and it's such a beautiful place to be. Wow. 
To rest in such a perception means that you have come to realize that the self that you are is merely a conduit through which mystery lives itself, through which love pours forth. You will realize that there is nothing to be gained or lost in this world. You will know what it means to recognize that you literally have nowhere to go and nothing to achieve. You will become empty and spacious. Mm. Mm-hmm. And yet, paradoxically, while the body lasts, <laughs> you will appear to be as everyone else. You will arise in the morning and brush your teeth. When the body is hungry, you will feed it. You will laugh with your friends. You will yawn when the body is a bit tired. And yet, through it all, there will be a quality of awareness called the witness that is simply watching it all, waiting to be moved by the wind of spirit. And through others may not see, and though others may not see it, virtually everything you utter will carry the sound of truth. Mm. You know not how spirit will work through you. No, will you care? Because you see, when there is no maker or doer or director, it won't matter to you. That is what it means to live as the wind. For the wind does not concern itself with where it's been or where it's going it is moved by something it is moved by some mysterious source that cannot be located at all and yet it blows and as it blows its effects are experienced imagine then a life in which all that you do is not for yourself imagine a way of life in which what you do is for is not for anyone else Imagine a way of life in which creativity living flows forth from a source so deep within you and around you that no language or dogma can contain it. A force and a source that knows how to express itself through you in such a way that it is constantly and only serving the atonement, the awakening of all the creation to the truth of God's presence. The way of the heart then does indeed unfold if you will along a certain the way of the heart then does indeed unfold if you will along a certain pathway and in this lesson we will address the stages of the pathway in a general sense and then we will speak of the most important characteristics to be cultivated along this path all right. I'm very excited. <laughs> I know. This is an amazing chapter. What? So we get to learn a recipe. Oh, we're cooking with gas now. Right? We get, we're, <laughs> we're learning that there's a path. There's a recipe. Here's yeah. And here's how it works. And here's how it works. And here's how it works. Ready? Wait. I want to say, remember, <laughs> you're the secret sauce. Oh, I love that. You're, you're the, the secret, secret sauce. sauce. Yes, yes. You are the secret sauce. The first key is desire. First, desire is everything, and without it, not a thing can arise. Therefore, indeed, what you desire is of utmost importance. Desire, then, perfect union with God. Desire, then, to be Christ incarnate. Desire, then, to be all that your Creator has created you to be, even if you haven't any idea what that might be. For when you hold desire within your beingness and when you've moved through the process of coming to master the energy of desire 
And again, mastery does not mean control. When you have mastered the energy of desire by grounding it always in the desire to be as you are created to be, then indeed all of your life and all of the subsequent or subsidiary desires will come to serve that grand desire. When you come into that state of being, nothing shall be impossible unto you. And why? Because you're not the one doing it. You are merely a piece of thread in a very cosmic tapestry, being woven by the creator of all creation, who alone knows how to weave the tapestry of a new age, a new paradigm, of a healing of this plane and of humanity. And so the first stage is indeed the stage of desire, and only by feeling desire and not by suppressing it can you truly begin to move toward the stage of mastery, in which the energy of desire always serves the higher will, which is the will of God for you. As we have said to you before, when your will is in alignment with the will of God, you will discover that God's will for you is that you to be genuinely happy through and through, content, fulfilled, at peace, empowered, capable, and responsible. Hmm. 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 <laughs> that feels so good. The second key is intention. Desire in a time is cultivated through intention. For you see, you have used time to teach yourself how to, how to be directed by all the thoughts and perceptions that make this a cosmic soup called your world. All of you have known the frustration of having a desire. And then as soon as you walk out the door, a friend pulls up and says, let's go to the beach. <laughs> and you never make it to the class, even though your desire is to get the degree. You have cultivated the art of being seduced by distraction. Therefore, it is necessary to utilize time to cultivate intention. For without intention, desire cannot become the crystal clear focus, the laser-like focus that can cut through the dross of this world, that a new creation can flow forth through you. Intention is not the same as holding a strong, egoic-willed commitment to making something happen. For the way of the heart recognizes that you have not known how to achieve the fulfillment you seek at the level of the soul, for the simple reason that if you did, you would have already accomplished it. In the way of the heart, intention doesn't mean putting your nose to the grindstone and not taking no for an answer. It means rather that you cultivate within your thought processes the art of remembering what you are truly here for. You are here to remember that you are the thought of you are the thought of love and form. Mm. I'm gonna say that again. <laughs> you are here to remember that you are the thought of love and form. You are here to remember that you are one with God. You are here to remember that what I have called Abba, the Father though it goes by many names, is the source of your only reality. And you are living in reality only to the degree that the one is living through you. 
Therefore, intention in the way of the heart means to utilize time each day to focus your attention on the desire to be Christ incarnate. Intention is the energy or that use of the mind that creates through con- constant pa- patience, excuse me, through constant <laughs> intention is that energy or that use of the mind that creates through consistent practice, the channel, if you will, through which desire begins to move down and re-educate the emotional body and even the cellular structure of the physical body and all of the lesser avenues of thinking that occur within the intellect so that everything involved in your being is integrated, working together and focused on the fulfillment of that one grand desire to accept your function in this world. And your function is healing your sense of separation from God. How then to apply intention each day, just as you have used time to teach yourself to be easily distracted, you need only apply one question to which you ask yourself daily. What is it that I most desire? What am I doing on this planet? What am I committed to? Hmm. Those latter are just other forms of the function. Those latter are just other forms of the fundamental question. And as you keep practicing asking that question, the answer will come clearer and clearer. For you see, it is the question that influences, stimulates, and gives birth to the answer. For the universe is always answering your questions. And when you ask unclear questions, you get unclear answers. Therefore, become crystal clear with your intention and remind yourself daily. My intention is to use time constructively for the relearning of what it means to abide in the kingdom of heaven and to fulfill my function. And my function is healing. And healing requires the presence of Christ, for only Christ can express the love that brings healing into being. Desire and intention. And in the field of time, these stages unfold as one matures in the way of the heart. Desire and intention are critical. Wow. So intention, I'm hearing it, is where we direct our attention. Yeah. Because attention is the opposite of distraction. Exactly. Right? So what we're committed to. Well, and also, too, then that, like, negates any distortion of what we're actually up to. The third key is allowance. The third stage of the process whereby the mind is wholly corrected and one returns home is the stage of allowance. For the egoic world does not teach you to allow. It teaches you to strive. You must be the maker and the doer. You must find a way to manipulate or control your environment in order that it conform itself to the image you are holding in your mind. And all of that is well and good. There are many beings who learn some valuable lessons by following the path of certain teachers that will teach you that you can create whatever you want. And that seems like such a big deal until you realize that's what you're doing all of the time. You're always creating exactly what you decree. And it's no big deal, and it's not a secret. 
but there will be those that will teach you. Well, just go into your mind, ask yourself what you want. And when you see the picture of that Mercedes, then you simply do all of these little magical tricks and pretty soon you'll end up with a Mercedes. The problem with that, although it can be a useful stage, is that the intellect, the worldly part of your mind, can only desire what it has been programmed to desire. Mm. The worldly part of your mind says, well, I have to transport my body around in this plane. Automobiles do that. The world tells me that a Mercedes is a grand way of doing this. Therefore, I will create the desire of wanting a Mercedes. And when you manifest the Mercedes, you fool yourself into thinking you've made great progress when in fact, all you've done is done what you've always done. You have chosen what your experience will be and you have manifested it. There's nothing new about it. Although by so doing, you can begin to regain confidence in your ability to manifest. But the way of the heart is about something else. Allowance in this pathway means that you begin to view your life differently. It is not a struggle to get out of high school and create a career by which you can create golden coins, by which you can create the proper house in the proper environment so that your ego feels successful. And therefore, you have some sense of being worth love. Be honest with yourself. Is not your world built on such a premise? If only I can make my life look successful around me, then I will be accepted. Then I can love myself at least a little. Maybe I can get other people to love me. Hmm. That's not it at all. The way of the heart begins with the recognition that you are already loved by the only source that matters. That you have come from a much higher purpose that can be made manifest in the ways of the world, but it is not of the world. Allowance then is the cultivation of a way of looking at the events of your life, not as obstacles to getting what you want, but as stepping stones, each of which presents you with a blessing of the lessons required to heal the obstacles, not to success, but to the presence of love as the source and ground of your being. In the stage of allowance, then, we begin to cultivate an acceptance of all things in our experience. We begin to see that because we have made a commitment to awakening and incarnating only Christ, that the universe is already conspiring to bring the people and events into our lives on a moment-to-moment basis that can best provide us with exactly what we most need to learn or become aware of. And so messengers are sent. That messenger could come in the form of someone whom you fall in love with, and there is something there for you to learn. It could be that you've been blocking yourself from feeling love for other people, and now someone finally comes that blasts down the door, and you can't help but feel that feeling. The messenger could be someone who comes as the grain of sand within the oyster that causes the friction within you that nudges you from your sleep, and you realize that you've been operating out of some very dysfunctional patterns. And that you've got to get a better grip because, shall we say, upon the truth of who you are. It may be that you need to learn to express your feelings more. It may be that you need to accept your own creativity more. Something will bring up for you, somewhere through your messengers, that that which causes you to finally be responsible and to be honest about where you are. So true. For instance, if you think... 
Well, I never get angry anymore. After all, I'm a very spiritual person. I just got out of seminary and I know it all. So, ah, yes, I'll just live in my heavenly bliss. And events begin to happen. Perhaps, hmm, we'll use this as an example. Perhaps a gay couple moves into your neighborhood and you discover that you have some very deeply seated perceptions that there is something wrong with that sexual orientation. They are messengers sent to you by the universe to push you to look more deeply. Allowance, then, is the cultivation of a quality of awareness in which you rest in the recognition that your life is no longer your own to dictate and control, but that rather you've given it over to the source of your own beingness, to that depth of wisdom in the depth of the ocean that knows best how to bring about what is required to push up from the dross within your consciousness so that you can release it. Allowance cultivates trust. Allowance is the way in which intention and desire come to work ever more fully in the third dimension of your experience, the field of time. Allowance is a submission, but not a naive submission. Allowance changes your perception of what you see as the world around you. You begin to realize that you don't really live in a real world at all. You live in a field of vibrations and energies that is operated by the law of attraction, resonance. And you begin to be willing to allow certain things to fall out of your life, even family and friends, trusting that because of your desire and intention, what passes out of your life must be okay, for it will be replaced by new vibrational patterns, which come in the form of messengers, events, places, persons, and things that can carry you on the upward spiral of awakening. Allowance means the beginning stages of the cultivation of humility and the recognition that you must finally submit to something beyond the intellect and the control of the egoic part of the mind, that the maker and the doer that's been trying to do it all is finally recognized as being inadequate. The fourth key is surrender. As these three stages mature, you rest into the final stage of surrender. And surrender means there is no longer any restlessness. Surrender means you know through every fiber of your being that there is no one here living a life. There is a life flowing through the body-mind personality for as long as it lasts. Here is where the mystical transformation is culminated or completed. It is here that you understand the meaning of the teaching. I live, yet not I, but Christ dwelleth as me. Surrender is a stage in which perfect peace is the foundation, not for passivity, not for inactivity, but even more activity. You find yourself, as long as you are in the world, being busier and busier. Asked to do more and more, you become even more responsible. And eventually, you come to see that because you are Christ, you are responsible for the world, you are responsible for the whole of creation. And you cannot think a thought without disturbing the feathers. And you cannot think a thought without disturbing the, f- the farthest of stars. It is that 
responsibility from which you have shrunk and tried to contain yourself as a tiny myopic piece of foam, all because you feared being responsible for the whole. But the way of the heart corrects your perception in which you come to recognize that your greatest joy, your greatest fulfillment is the holy and deliberately accepting responsibility for the whole of creation. Why? Because you suddenly realize you're not the maker and doer, that you can accept responsibility for anything and everything because through you all power under heaven and earth is made to flow, to manifest the love of God. So in short, it's in God's hands, not yours. Nevertheless, then, not my will, but thine be done. Does that begin to make sense to you? Do you see how it changes how you've been taught to interpret my teachings? Desire, intention, allowance, surrender. But it, but it is a surrender into a way of being that the world can never know. It is surrender into a way of being in which you may never receive. What you call this in your world an Oscar for your acting. (laughs) But it is the way of being in which your consciousness becomes totally open to your union with all of creation. And you will talk with a leaf as it falls from a tree. You will see the soul of the kitten as you pet, and you will talk with angels and masters. You'll be involved in broad meetings in the high cosmic conference rooms, (laughs) and you will know that the body-mind that you once thought was yours as a little more than a temporary teaching device, a tool to be picked up and utilized in God's direction, and one to be put aside when it is usefulness is done. So that even when it is time to go through the transition that you know is death, nothing will disturb your peace. And as the body dies, which means simply that your attention begins to release itself from it, just like the hand of the carpenter is released from the handle of a hammer, and the hammer hammer simply is laid down on the table and the carpenter goes out for dinner and forgets about it, You'll be able to watch even the process that the world calls death with total equanimity and joy. You'll watch your spirit disengage from the body. You'll watch it crumble into lifelessness so that all of your attention becomes focused in a woolly new dimension, a dimension that is so vast that you will be able to look down upon the earth plane, not unlike the way you might choose to hold a pebble in the palm of your hand. And in one quick glance, you see everything about the pebble and nothing's hidden. Responsibility. I am one that has chosen to assume the responsibility for the pebble called earth and all of life that dwells herein. You too will know that energy and reality of wrapping your fingers around the entirety of the solar system and becoming, shall we say, the God or savior of that dimension. And it begins by choosing to take responsibility for your pebble, your domain, your solar system, your personal dimension. And that again begins by saying, 
I, and I alone, am the source of what I experience and perceive. I am not a victim of the world I see, and everything I experience I have called to myself plain and simple. No excuses, no ifs, ands, or buts. That is the way it is. And gone will be your immaturity, your resistance to simply being responsible for your experience. I like that feeling of surrender means there's no restlessness. Yeah, me too. And that there's no one here even living a life that it's just flowing through you. This is just the the spacesuit. Yeah, we're yeah, exactly. The spacesuit. Mm-hmm. I I feel at peace in this. Join us next week as we continue this conversation with the fifth ingredient, which is humility. And we have a wonderful deep dive discussion into the topic of humility. Thank you for listening to We Woke Up Like This. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast. Oh, and don't forget to drop us a comment and ask a question. And go to wewokeuplikethis.com to join the Soul Awakened community. See you next time. Bye. Bye.